Hello, everybody. You're probably thinking, hmm, Travis sounds different today. And yes, I'm currently getting over a slight cold from last week, and I'm actually not Travis. My name is Finner, and I'm currently interning with the amazing team here at Fool and Scholar Productions. And I'm here today to tell you about the last city. In the climate-ravaged year of 2072, the city of Pura stands as a miraculous green haven. A geoengineered paradise that protects its fortunate residents from the global catastrophes of heat domes, fires, floods and droughts. Demetria Lopez heads up Pura's public relations, tirelessly promoting the city's idyllic image. But when she stumbles upon a dark secret that, if exposed, would be the downfall of Pura's existence, she must decide who and what she is willing to protect. From Wondery, the makers of Academy and Dr. Death, The Last City stars actors like Ray Seahorn, Jeannie Torado, and Maury Sterling. You can follow The Last City on the Wondery app or wherever you get your podcasts. You can binge all episodes of The Last City early and ad-free right now by joining Wondery Plus. A big thanks to Wondery for supporting shows like The White Vault. And now, on with the scheduled programming. Contained herein are the heresies of Radolf Buntwine, erstwhile monk-turned-traveling medical investigator. Join me as I uncover the blasphemous truth of a plague-ridden world, that ours is not a loving God, and we are not its favored children. The Heresies of Radolf Buntwine, coming January 2nd, wherever podcasts are available. The following documents and recordings are the continuing installments in a compilation detailing the events surrounding the stranded archaeological team sent to base Camp Piedra and the rescue team sent in search of them. Previous records show the archaeological team remaining at the Patagonian site to consist of Dr. Josefa Guerrero and Simon Hall, with the now assumed losses of Dr. Carito Ureta, Dr. Xiao Liu and Lucas Criado. The assembled rescue team consisted of Graham Kasner, Dragana Vukovic, Ramey Armstead, and returning archaeological team member Ava Olivia Moreno, having lost Mahir Asa to the dangers of the site. Following the previous instalment, the remaining members of the team attempting to descend the mountain made it to the furthest point they had previously reached, marked by a sunk python with a blue flag. There they stalled unsure of the next step toward reaching El Chel 10 as previous attempts to move further had inexplicably sent them back to the remains of the base camp. In the winter months, snowstorms and rainfall in the Patagonian ice fields can drastically affect the landscape. Worsened by heavy winds, such storms can reduce visibility and lead to glacial carving, ice collapses and avalanches. During these conditions, travel is not advised. The White Vault. The following is the continued recording from the body camera assigned to Mr. Kasner. At this point, They were still on the western side of the mountain range, and the wind had increased as the team left the base camp. This is it! This is the furthest we got last time before we ended up back at the camp. 
Where do we go from here? Tell them. I'm alive. We're alive. What the hell was that? Everyone okay? Simon? You really slept through all that? <laughs> Raimi, I need to apologize. I'm sorry for thinking of the site first. All deserves better. Thanks, Professor. And we're gonna get out of this. Let's focus on the priorities. We're so close to being out of this mess. Thank you. Yes, we can save everything else later. Si sobrevivimos esto, me puedo preocupar por las pérdidas después. Don't see them! The shadows! They're not here! They're not watching anymore! They have some more urgent matters to attend to. Even if they do, don't let your guard down. We've made it too far to slip up now. We avoided the debris, but there's no saying that all that movement didn't destroy our marked path up here. This isn't even where we sunk the last marker. You're right, but I didn't see the fall go over the east side. Once we meet back up with our previous path, it should resurface when we cross over. The only way we'll know is if we keep moving. Are you ready, Remy? Josefa? Very ready. Let's get off this mountain. <laughs> Gonna have to slow down to keep them steady. 
You'd be more help back here controlling the wind. Now that we're past the base camp, it's going to get more uneven. Yosefa, can you take over for me? I'll head down to the front. You sure? Yes, I don't plan on getting buried alive because of Simon. But I don't plan on leaving him either. Yosefa, come here and take this line and hold on tight. Oh, it's a lot of weight. And when I get up there, Raby, give me your line and get back here and help the doctor. of animals and human figures? Look, Doc, I'm not here to tell you about another hellhole. I'm here to get you out of this one. Now go help Raimi with the lines. I'll check in with Dragana. Thank you. Yeah, take this line. The pull's strong already. Everything all right back there, Graham? Ah, oh, well enough. Why did you hang back? Forever? I don't have any hope she made it out. She made a choice on how things were going to go for her. What were you looking for, then? Raimi, give me more slack on the line! Then pull it back up tight when we get to the edge! Alright! Uh, hold on! I was thinking about their retreat, and then I, th I thought I saw something. What did you see? Give me a hand with this. Just for a second, lift. I didn't see anything. Not really. But then I realized I had hoped I would. Hoping I would see Rosa. Not the real her, I know, but one of them. That lady really had you submitted, eh? You came all the way out here because of the corpse grave. Not even her. You did more than anyone else could. You have her teeth! weird, but I can understand the emotion behind it. What's the plan, though? Sending them to her family? Really? Can't imagine the reaction. Being on the receiving end of a tooth packet. I'll find something to do with them. Down there! I see the marker! I'll check it out. It might be ours, but it might have been dislodged from the slide. Either way, 
descent video continues for several hours. The intended descent path marked on the western side of the mountain was meant to lead them to a lower pass through the ridge, allowing an easier switch to the eastern mountain face. After continued hiking on the western face, it became clear that the rocks and snowfall had obscured their intended path. Within two hours they had traversed a new path to the pass and crossed over to the eastern face. The team moves significantly slower than when ascending due to new injuries and requirements of moving an injured person in a stretcher. Moving Mr. Hall through horizontal or gently sloping sections required members of the team to haul the plastic litter across the rocks, while areas of vertical movement required the sinking of anchors and use of lines to gently lower the stretcher. Once through the pass, the weather obfuscation decreased significantly and Mr. Kasner and Ms. Vukovic quickly located their prepared descent path. The prepared path had been slightly obscured due to rock and icefall, but the team was able to safely navigate on, or close, to the intended path. The following recording comes from Mr. Armstead's body camera. At this time, the team had reached a sizable section of vertical descent. Dos Guerrero and Mr. Armstead climbed down first, while Mr. Kasner and Ms. Vukovic worked on the upper ledge to secure Mr. Hall's stretcher to the descent lines they had repaired on the earlier ascent. I will have to disagree. Hubris is usually reserved for use in relation to a deity or the fates. Here we need to believe that we create our own futures according to what we are given and able to achieve and that we are not locked into anything. This is not a law of the physical world. History is explainable with those laws. We can seek to construct a map of their forgotten past. It's not hubris, as we are not defying anyone, at least anyone currently living, to attempt to share new information with the world. It's our duty to document the realities of the past and expand on our knowledge and understanding of those who came before. Graham, hand down with Simon, I've got the line. Remy, help me out with this. Yeah, 
Maybe that's not what Ava meant. Maybe she just couldn't believe how all this crazy shit fit together. How's no one seen this before? How'd the world not know? So what if there is a deity? Or fate? Or it's possible there is something entirely outside of our control? Mahir said that we heard the recordings from Svalbard. Even Rosa, who seemed like a very straightforward woman, began to hope for something like that to be true. It's a consistent part of human nature to try and explain the unexplainable. Maybe we've just never gotten it right. Thousands upon thousands of years. Endless cultures. Who's to say we are capable of getting it right? We saw things up there I cannot explain. So I must accept that there are things outside of my understanding. Nearly there, Graham! Keep him steady! Look, I, I wasn't saying it to bring up some philosophical discussion. I was just explaining how Ava seemed during the conversation. It's frightening to think of it all, looking at the whole picture of it. I mean, if it's here, whatever it is, and it's in Svalbard, and it's at that site in China, where else could it be? Is anywhere free of it? How's he looking? Still out. I'd be surprised if he remembers anything after leaving the cave. If these things are unnatural, then perhaps we can operate under the assumption that there's something that can help us. We have a lot of uh, negative shit, so should we make assumption for a positive? The yin to all this yang? The yang to all this yin. Yin's the dark. Ah, we've got plenty of yin as it is. I have to say, Graham, I didn't foresee you coming down that rope to defend spiritual optimism and the last sliver of hope. Since we don't fully understand what's going on, we should consider how much more remains to be found. Yes, just so. This is so much left to be found. Is that you, Ava? Hey, no, Simon, that's Professor Guerrero. How you feeling? Where are we? Why can't I move? Simon, you're in the stretcher for the descent to El Charlton. You're not in any condition to climb down the mountain, so we need you to stay still and let us do our work. Yeah, sure. I feel like someone rolled me over in a cement mixer. Being pulled down the rock face like a big plastic taco will do that. We are going to make it down, Hall. Love to hear it, Professor. Where's Ava? Eva didn't make it down the mountain. We think it took her during the initial descent, but we were able to get away. She came back up to help rescue you all. And I can't thank her enough for helping get us out of there. How? She was a climber. She was cautious. She was so prepared for this. She was young and bright. It didn't matter in the end. Sorry you lost her. I owed her a beer. Get the beer anyways. Getting out of that place is worth more than one drink. What took Ava was nothing she could have prepared for, but if not for her sacrifice, we never would have made it this far. Sacrifice? We don't know why the thing was after you, Dr. Guerrero, but Ava's death may have saved us from those things, continued hunt for you. This isn't the time to stop for a chat. We're not off this mountain yet. 
Let's keep moving. We still have to get Simon to a doctor. Moments of hopeful lucidity are not to be taken as the true state of things. Simon, just get some rest. We can't have you trying to move around on your own. <sighs> no problem there. Keep pace. Ugh, looks like Simon's out again. Good. I'm a bit jealous at this point. Raimi, can you handle this alone for a moment? My hands are so blistered. I need to tape them up. Go ahead, Professor. Gracias. It won't take long. How's it going back there? We'll reach a steeper area soon. Professor's just dressing her hands right now. We'll be ready for the descent when we get there. Graham, what really happened to Eva? Look! The lake! We can see the lake! I, I, I know where we are! <laughs> oh shit, Simon, we're going home! <laughs> the visuals from Mr. Armstead's body camera show a thin blue shimmer in the distance far below. In the previous half hour of the descent, the fog had lifted almost completely, though it was still visible further up the mountain. Within the hours that followed, the team made a well-paced and safe descent soon reaching the point at which they abandoned their all-terrain vehicles less than 48 hours ago. While the vehicles had suffered damage from rockfall, all but one was salvageable. Mr. Kasner cleared the remaining three operational vehicles of debris and prepared them for use, while Ms. Vukovic, Mr. Armstead and Dr. Guerrero released Mr. Hall from the stretcher. This final field examination of his injured ankle showed significant discoloration and infection. After cleaning and rewrapping the wound, including a cursory examination of Mr. Kasner's shoulder, the team began the ride back to LTL-10. This concludes the ninth set of documents and recordings from the rescue team at the site on Cerro Torre and completes the sections regarding the team's search for the base camp Piedra survivors, their time within the discovered site, and their successful descent from the mountain. Back in the upper offices of Walsingana Handelsbelag, Eber had returned with a full thermal carafe of coffee and all the associated objects for a full coffee service. After she poured two cups of coffee, she took the used teacup and left. Two minutes later, my mother returned with two polished wooden crates, each the size of a large jewellery box and a large zippered vinyl binder. This is a continuation of the previous recording. It's rather lucky I knew you were coming so early. I had time to prepare a few things. This box is for Sveva. It's yours still, of course. But this is far better than rolling around in a briefcase. And this is Durnirga. Another of our charms. It was your sister's. I gave it to her when she turned ten, and I didn't have the heart to send it to you. It reminds me too much of what could have been. <clears throat> but now I need to look to you, my daughter. There is some joy left here. Still things worth working for. This is nice, Moor. But what did you mean about Mahir? He's one of the most capable men I've worked with. 
I'm sure he was very skilled, but there are some situations where you will learn to send your carefully chosen employees. And what exactly does that mean? And how long have you been watching me? To know I sent people to Patagonia. Well, I've always kept an eye on you from afar. You are my daughter. But after Essie's accident, I felt I needed to know more. To help keep you safe. I made a few arrangements before I sent you the packet. The one that gave me the coordinates about the events in Svabard? Yes. And about Essie and me. Why only the coordinates? Why did I have to do all of this? It is the way it is done. I used to think it was silly. But the first steps must be taken yourself if you are to have any understanding, any connection. I tried it a different way with Essie. But I think now the tradition stands. And I know you have quite the penchant for recordings. You can record our conversations if you wish. You'll know it matters little soon enough. I'm not going to stop you. You're a grown woman. You can make your own decisions. You knew? Then why have them take my phone? And none of this is answering my questions. It's a general policy not to bring phones in here. That's for others, but for me, for my daughters, there are no such rules. Well, no small, insignificant rules like that. Most phones have cameras now as well, and Sveda and Durnirga are shy. Also, you really shouldn't try to fool Ebba. She is such a sweet woman, it casts you in a poor light. Not an order, just a suggestion. Ebba will be around to help us for a while. It's better to be kind. Fine. I will make note of that. Now, Mor, please explain. I'm struggling to see a bigger picture here. There's something, but there are many unexplainable things we need to explain. If these small, insignificant rules do not apply to me, does that mean there are larger, more significant rules? Of course, we all have rules. There are very serious trusts in place for us. Required expectations. No matter how often Essie and I fought over this, she never understood or accepted it. She was always very free-willed, took risks. I need you to concentrate and try to be more straightforward. I thought Essie died in a car accident. There are no accidents. What does that mean? My mother is 70. Her mother is 91. Did you know that? Your great-grandmother is still alive. She's in great health. She's been through a lot. She was born during the Spanish flu. Neither her nor her mother ever caught it. Okay, that's nice to know. But why did you say there are no accidents? Did someone hurt Essie? Was it like the outpost? Did she see one of those things? She died when her car slid off a wet section of the road and down into a ravine, here, in Sweden. Then what are you trying to tell me? I didn't come all this way just to meet you and put some silly carving into a box. Never say such things! I am trying to tell you that there are no accidents. Not for us. Not if we do everything right. 
Essie couldn't see the greater picture. I think I spoiled her too much. Shielded her from too many hard truths for too long. But starting you without post Freestead was a rough introduction, and perhaps now I can do this right. We can make things right, fix things. That accident never should have happened, and neither should yours. My arm? That was years ago. I haven't been able to use it since. You said you knew about it already. Yes, and if you had stayed with me, stayed with our family, it never would have happened. I could only let your father take you because of Essie, but I never should have. You should have grown up here with me. I would have loved that. Enjoy your meal. Please call if you need anything else. Tack, Ebba. Du kan gå på lunch nu om du vill. Tack. Please, give it all a try. Those there are called Olmar. You so enjoyed them as a child. Maybe in a moment we were talking. What's going on? Why am I here? No more games. You don't need to be nice. I came here to meet you and I did. But I also came here for answers. What the hell happened at Outpost Freestead? And what's happening at the Patagonian site? Is it the same? Why the letter from the Danish woman? And I've been having the same dreams. I have important work here. I will teach you everything you will need to know to take over. The company, yes, and a lot more. I can secure you a place at a university program here in Sweden, if that will make you more comfortable with taking over in the future. It was all meant to go to Essie, but circumstances have changed. Let me be clear. One at a time. Easy first. The Danish letters. The Danish woman is Jutta, a distant relative. We are not her direct descendants. Her children sadly died, but her journal and collected letters have been in our family for some time. They are useful and very observant. What about post Freestead? The forests of northern Heilongjung? Sarah Torre, how can we stop this? Dear daughter, we are not here to stop it. The artifact she called Dernirgar was not an exact match to the artifact I was familiar with. Dernirgar is of a similar material, though slightly shorter and stouter, with thicker arms and no smaller, delicate appendages. It appeared to represent a snarling bear with long, carved claws. During the time after Eber had brought in the lunch, I noticed the shadow cast by the bolted statue. While the statue was unchanged, the shadow on the wall now appeared as a tall, lean shape, almost humanoid in form. This concludes the fifth set of records regarding my own strain of inquiry into the events that took place in Svalbard and on Cerro Torre. The White Vault
Hey there, this is Justin Bartha. I made a funny new podcast, King of the Egg Cream. It has the greatest cast in the history of podcasts with actors like Louis Black. I'm torn by my feelings for two women. Bobby Cannavale. You can eat it, or if someone hits you, you can put it on your cut. Melanie Linsky. I wonder what these marvelous things are that look just like boiled chicken feet. Jason Ritter. I can break things and pick locks and kill people. Michael Stuhlbarg. The whole point is to inspire people that they should make themselves better. Ari Grainer. No, don't whet its appetite. What are you, an idiot? Me, Justin Bartha. That's not just any egg cream, that's a Lemke's special. And all narrated by the hilarious Richard Kind. This is the story of Harry Dalowitz. And how he rose from nothing to become New York's King of the Egg Cream. So if you like funny true stories, come listen to King of the Egg Cream, available wherever you get your podcasts.